Today on The Glue Guys, we will talk about the possibility that Kevin Durant will first play basketball, not for the Nets, but for Team USA. Mm-mm. Was that a disapproving mm-hmm? Don't like it. We will also talk about the final play in the Miami Heat game, just a little bit about that. And then we will get into possibly a much larger conversation about what the Nets should really be doing for the rest of the season. Is tanking a reality that we should be entertaining, Brian? Good stuff, Mike. Thanks, man. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. We are streaming live right now. Wow. Over what? What are we streaming live over? So many things. It's like a million different places. But, Uh, you know, find us on Twitter, Twitch primarily. Also, sportscaster.com. Great service. Check it out. And to listen to us, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you get a podcast, listen to us. footprint is getting expansive, Mike. And before we begin the show, I just would like to pause for a brief minute to ask you, our our absolutely faithful listeners, in the show notes today, you're going to see a little link from SurveyMonkey. Follow that link. There's a very short survey. You all know so much about us, all the deep, dark secrets that we've shared over the years, the seven years that we've been doing this. Well, yeah, just about. um, We don't know that much about you. Actually, I feel like we do know a lot about you, but the survey is just seven, 11, excuse me, super simple questions. Take you under 60 seconds. I promise you. So head over to the show notes. You'll just see a quick link from Survey Monkey. Take that quick survey. Uh, we just want to know more about you. We want to get inside your lives so that we can love serve you better. I love a survey. Did you know that I like to take surveys? Um, over the phone or just in general? Like any which any- way. Anytime <laughs> people can ask me my opinion about a thing. Here I am. You know, I show up. You know what's a perfect moment, though, to talk about the Nets right now, Brian? How are you, sir? This is the perfect moment to talk about the Nets. Things could not be hotter in Netsland than right this this moment. Just kidding. No. Everything is trash. Things are bad, but, but they're bad in an interesting way, I guess, because the Nets are still technically in the playoff race. The Nets could certainly, they could have won a lot of the games that they have lost of recently. They could have beat the Heat. They could have beat the Wizards. And they could have... Uh, there's one more game in there, but they definitely would not have beaten the Hawks. That was pretty embarrassing. So what we're going to talk about today, kind of in bullet point fashion, is the Dinwiddie final play in the Miami Heat game, the Kevin Durant possibly playing the Olympics and not for the Nets, and finally, some tanking conversation that I kind of want to get out there. But you had some thoughts about the fact that Dinwiddie is uh, sort of defending himself online about what happened in the Miami Heat game. Well, it's not that I have thoughts. I just really enjoyed that that's how it was how it was handled. I th- I'm like envisioning a future where um, players sort of like, you know, have we're big on streaming, the like meta consumption of media. I really like that there's going to be a future in which like play by play could be broken down on social media or on like any of these platforms. Yes. By players who are like actively defending their decisions, um, it's some of the best applications of, of some of the best uses of that kind of media, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, I, I mean, honestly, you know, like okay, the play's horrible, and there's no defense of the play. I've seen some defense of the play from non-Spencer Dinwiddie sources on the internet, and yes, you can defend the play. the The way the play was drawn up, you can defend that play. But if you don't know what I'm uh, what we're talking about, because it was a Saturday night game, just go back and watch that final possession where Spencer Dinwiddie throws the ball four rows into the stands or so yeah, really over, 
over Wilson Chandler's head, a pass that had no ability to be a positive play. The pass. I mean, it was an errant pass. What is that? The Euphis pitch? What do they call that? What's that? Oh, like in baseball? Euphis? Yeah. That I think like Clayton Kershaw or someone. There's only (laughs) one. What's the name of that pitch? Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to be able to pull that out of my Something like that. Um, That's, That's the kind of pass it was. A real looper. But there's a way to address Twitter hate, and I'm sure after the play, Dinwiddie's phone lights up with mentions if he even allows mentions to be a notification on his phone, which you're a professional athlete. I don't know why you would at this point. His phone probably is litted up in the locker room because that's where it's resting when he makes that play. And he comes in and he sees it all and he has to process the own disappointment that he has. And then he has to process how he's going to handle it. And I like the way that he handled it, which is, I mean, he said it was an errant pass. He, he said what the play was trying to do. It's obvious. It's not like he provided inside information that you couldn't figure out, that all the opposing teams couldn't have figured out. I lo- that's the way to handle a bad situation. It was it was a dis- I mean, disgusting in a possession play. And to me, what it showed was a symptom of the fact that the Nets have been so bad at the end of games. And the plays that they typically run are isolation plays with Spencer Dinwiddie trying to make a shot in some way. And what they ended up running was a real play that didn't work. And because the Nets are so inside their own heads at the end of games, Dinwiddie, as opposed to when Joe Harris wasn't there off the curl, as opposed to driving then to the hoop or trying to make a play for himself because the clock is ticking down, he continues to wait for the play to, v- to develop, which if you're comfortable and you've had some success at the end of games, Dinwiddie makes the decision to go for the bucket. To, to put it on himself because the first option in this not that intricate of a play but fairly intricate play disappeared the 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 heat blocked it so once that happened it had to be Spencer just do what you normally try to do and throw up a really ugly shot and hopefully it goes in but because we the media mm-hmm. and the fans have been criticizing the Nets so much for end of game plays it, it, it the Nets were unable in that situation to make a big play. Uh, but it was disgusting. Just disgusting, <laughs> man. It was like, uh, it was embarrassing. Um, yeah. Coming off that I, Hawks disgusting <laughs> loss and the Nets march back, it was uh, uh, gross. Yeah, I'm reminded of like the late the late game sets that the Wizards ran towards the end of that that game that they won. Um, and like like the like the Davis Burton's plays, like um, those are good plays. They ran like really good plays. I don't know if Wizards fans feel that way about their coaching staff, but like that's, no, that was some decent end of game execution. I was kind of jelly. I don't know, man. Do you want to go KD first? I think KD is more top of mind, and then we can go tanking because I don't want to. Sure. I don't want to yeah. get dive too deep into the tanking. Yeah, I mean, yet. we we have to do like a massive trigger alert that I already kind of like. <laughs> I think I drew scared everyone off because I have the uh, word doc open on the stream. It's like the header is just if the Nets tank their way out of the playoffs. <laughs> 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 so big trigger warning. We have to do it. Unfortunately, you know, we'll put it. In the- it's a conversation. We don't want to. You know, that's not. This is part of. This is the dirty part of the job, Mike. Next to the Survey Monkey link, we will also put yeah. a, a note <laughs> to say, hey, trigger warning. This is where you're going to hear Nets tanking conversation. It's just something that's been also discussed on Nets Twitter and Go Nets yeah. Reddit. So I think it, we're, we're in safe territory here. But I know people are going to get very, very angry. So I'd rather people be happy. So let's talk about Kevin Durant yeah. and the possible return <laughs> yeah. of Kevin Durant. So Rich Kleiman, yeah. KD's business partner, manager, agent, whatever you want to say, best buddy, uh, hmm. spoke to the Washington Post. And the Washington Post asked Rich Kleiman, asked uh, whether the Olympics were a possibility for Kevin Durant. He is on the roster 
he's among the 50 or so players that could possibly be playing in the Olympics if they even happen, because the head of the Olympics said that with the coronavirus, they may not happen, but wow. we'll see. Um, yeah. So Katie's buddy pal, business partner, Rich Kleiman, said to the Washington Post, Tokyo is definitely a possibility. His name is among the group of finalists. There are other benchmarks in front of him that are more important. But before but before he makes those decisions, those decisions being the Olympics. Um, and then also Rich went on to say that no question, Katie will be better than ever. Uh, you know, great things are going to happen. The Nets are still in playoff position. The players are developing and getting better. I expect things to pick up, Brian. Mm. Um, I know everyone knows what KD and Durant or KD and Irving can do when they're playing and healthy. Um, I don't know when this interview necessarily was, so it may have been before the Nets got blown out by the Hawks and then lost in embarrassing fashion to the Heat at the end of the game. But uh, Rich Kleiman saying talking very positively. So now. Uh, before we get to our thoughts, this was discussed today. The thought of Kevin Durant playing in Tokyo for Team USA first was discussed on First Take. And Stephen A. Smith came out with some pretty strong comments about it. And it tickled me so. So I figured let's just play them for you now. Credit to ESPN, of course, for this audio right now. Who's cutting those checks? It ain't the Olympics. It ain't USA basketball. No, 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 no. I need you on the court. Playing for the people that's paying you because this look look across that river, Max. Look, Max, turn around, look across that river, Max. You see, what is that, Max? What's yeah. outside you? What's across that water? That's, that What's one, across? That's, that's Brooklyn. That's Brooklyn. That's, that's yeah. Brooklyn. Yes. You understand? Yes. That's Brooklyn. Yes. All right. Down this, under Manhattan. There's no yes. KD. There's no KD. There was KD. We gotta wait. So guess what? Oh, now you come back and the first time folks see you is for Olympic basketball. How many damn gold medals do y'all need? Man, I want to hear that. This, listen, Rich Climbing, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> okay. That was Dude, it. he is amazing. He's Say so what you gifted. will about Stephen A. So, but like, he is, I mean, I, he's I, the best. I haven't really thought about too much about how I would feel about Kevin Durant playing basketball in the Olympics and not playing for the Nets. Frankly, I don't really, like, I wouldn't care that he's waiting for the Olympics because the Olympics is in July and or end of June or something. And like the Nets, he would have to begin to play in the next few weeks to make sense. So there's a large gap of time between when he would come back for the Nets and then when he would come back to play in the Olympics. That gap of time is significant. So I don't view it as the way that Stephen A. Smith views it as is that like, oh, my gosh, Kevin Durant only wants to play for Team USA and doesn't want to play for the team that's paying him X amount of millions of dollars. And I will add I am still a KD may play truther. I am still digging through internet evidence of video. So I'm not even closing the door on the fact that Kevin Durant may end up playing for this horrible team right now. But wow. Yeah, I, I, wow. I, I, I have some other evidence to support that. But how do you feel? Would that infuriate you as a Nets fan if KD w wanted to play in Tokyo and I guess shunned so, the Nets? You're. You're the Achilles expert, okay? So I don't I don't deign to know more about the Achilles than you. All right, first let me say that. But I just think Thanks. in general, like, <laughs> let me preface it with that. Um, <laughs> but I, in general, I'm, like, pretty um, not into any players playing in the Olympics, it, like, in the midst of a professional career. I just think, you know, putting more miles on an already 
milerific kind of <laughs> kind of a kind of thing like playing a whole NBA season is not great. And basically ever since the Paul George injury I just have like massive PTSD. Um and I don't like it. So I, I don't I don't even want Joe Harris playing in the Olympics. I don't care what it does for his his confidence. <laughs> yeah, it's really helped of, us this season that he played right. for Team USA. It seems, yeah, I, I just feel like it's, um, like, especially that it leads, like, right into the season um, that it's, like, I don't know. It just feels like more more energy exertion than I really want him to be doing, I guess. Well, here's here's why you'd want him to play in the Olympics, right? So there's the health factor, which is the, the and I've said this before, he's going to play pickup basketball the moment the season ends. And that's going to be part of his rehab. So... I would be okay if part of that rehab, instead of playing pickup basketball in that like very walled off arena that Mello plays in, that he has a hoodie on the whole time, instead of that arena where J. Cole and the Migos are playing as well, I am I am okay if the the experience that Katie's getting, the practice that he's getting amongst the Team USA players, and it, then it's against international competition where. Who's the coach? Is it still Coach K? I imagine it's still Coach K. He will never relinquish that role, unless if it's Greg Popovich now. It may be Greg Popovich now, but I would be okay if it's in this like sort of structured. KD's going to get fifteen to twenty minutes a game. We're going to see yeah. how he does. He's going to be twenty minutes. Can you imagine if he plays twenty minutes? The man's thirty. He's going to be thirty-two, right? How old is he? Twenty minutes is nothing. Twenty minutes is that's what he would play if he came back with the Nets this season. Twenty minutes is like. It's it's you're coming in for a couple of eight minute stretches and that's I feel it. Maybe like we've not got even the, that. The debate bug here. I feel like Stephen A. right now. I feel like yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel um, more like I feel like more like the Skip Bayless actually in this. But to go next level with wanting to play in the Olympics, so I agree with you that like I want to see obviously the best players play just from a selfish. I'm a fan. I like really good guys playing basketball together. But as a fan of a particular team, I don't want my players playing in that game. But the one benefit to the my players playing in that game is how did the KD, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, Troika form for the first time? It formed because they all played Team USA basketball. And I... So, so like this is like a Zion recruiting trip or something? The Nets still yeah. do need a third star. That is definitive. No matter what, how good KD is when he comes back, and no matter how good Kyrie is when he gets over his 18th injury... The Nets still need a third star, and I think it's. I feel, a, like he, I feel like he's networked already. I feel like he's made those connections. We, it, there's going to be another no? generation of players that are going to be playing on oh, Team USA because Kyrie is not playing this Olympics, and DeAndre Jordan wouldn't play in this Olympics. I mean, he may because he likes Tokyo, but I, they probably wouldn't even take him to the game. Joe Harris, I love Joe Harris. I don't find <laughs> him being the great networker. Not, okay, yeah. <laughs> when I when I saw yeah. him, he just. He just seems like a nice guy, a guy that you'd want amongst your crew. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he's way in of like he'll actually hand you a business card. <laughs> I'm yeah. Joe Harris of the Nets. <laughs> he probably want to like recruit these guys to do some charity work with him. Here's I feel like that, number. like hey, let's let's all you know do some charity. But I don't feel like uh, Joe Harris is going to be this like master recruiter to the level of, that we've seen before with Wade, LeBron, Bosh, or KD, DeAndre Jordan, and Kyrie Irving. So. Selfishly, as a Nets fan, if KD is healthy, I would be very comfortable with him playing in Team USA basketball. Also, because I don't know if LeBron is going to play this time around. But also, that seriously depends on how far the Lakers go. Like, if they go to the NBA Finals, I can't imagine a scenario where LeBron would want to play then in the Olympics. Unless if it was, like, to promote Space Jam in in Japan and China. 
the entire area, you know, out there. So it's a it's a high pressure situation, though, Mike, because if he if he turns an ankle, if he so much as as impinges a impinges. shoulder <laughs> over the there, we know about. Yeah. Do, you, do you realize the the cascading effect, the negative press that will just permeate through Netsland? So Chinese rust. OK, Chinese rust is still an ongoing issue for the Nets in some way. And I do worry about the rehab process, the the earnest rehab process of actually being out on the basketball court playing against other people would be all the way across the world. Yes, the situation would still be controlled, but it, but it wouldn't be as perfect as actually playing with the Nets this season or playing with them next season. But I'm I'm honest. I'm not even like trying to make like a weird, goofy take. There's value in having Kevin Durant be amongst the best players in the NBA, some of whom Carl Towns, Devin Booker, whoever, who may not really want to be on the teams that they want to be on next season or the season after. Bradley Beal could be a Team USA member. Um, It would be valuable to have Kevin Durant, who would probably be the leader of this team. And that's what I was kind of getting into with the LeBron point. If LeBron doesn't play and KD does, Durant is like the what was the Kobe position for what was it two olympics ago which is that like he is the lead veteran he's the guy who's done the most and he would be the leader of this team of younger really talented players and there's actual value in having a brooklyn net be that guy now again it all depends on if he's healthy um it wouldn't break my heart if he doesn't go but i i think it's a positive i think it would be a pretty big positive that he'd be playing basketball in that type of environment well agree to disagree I don't think he. I don't think he needs to network any further. I think Bradley Beal knows very well who Kevin Durant is. Um, yeah, that's and and I'm just like really. I'm, I feel very precious. I feel very protective about Kevin right now. Speaking of Bradley Beal, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we will talk about Nets tanking. Very exciting. All star breaks are in the past, and teams have set their sights on securing their place in the playoff race. Over in college hoops. Teams are jockeying for tournament seeding. So much action, so little time. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, can get you right into the middle of all of the action. The XFL is back to scratch everyone's itch for football. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app to see what special promotions they're offering on the most extreme league in the U.S. American-made DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder... DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Do not forget. Enter code QUICK and get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus required 25 times played through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. We sit here on March 2nd, 11.50 a.m. as we're recording. And can, can, can we just before, can we do a more robust trigger warning for this? Because I know that as if we don't do this, somebody is going to start tweeting already that they're like they've they've pulled up their Twitter account right now, 
and they're going to launch in. Why are the glue guys talking about tanking? Sure. And here's the thing. We're just, all we are, we're just a witching rod, right? We're not, this isn't our, this isn't, this isn't our idea. Can you explain okay. what a witching rod is for people? It's, it's like the stick that like is sort of a horseshoe shaped and it's got a little pole at the end and you're, and you're looking for water. We're just, all it is, it's, it's a, we're just, just, we're just an antenna for the, nets. The best witching rod reference I will hear all year. There's guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. It's an antenna for for like the fandom. Okay, so we don't. We're not. We're not rooting for this. This isn't what we want to be talking about right now. We want to be talking about. We would much prefer to be talking about how Kyrie is setting the world on fire, averaging forty points, and you know we're going to be the hardest seventh seed in the world to stop, and nobody wants to play us. That's what we want to be talking about. But here we are. Okay, so put down your Twitter pitchforks. All right, if you're going to do that, and also. Trigger warning, we're about to talk about the Nets tanking. And I will say, so I watched the Hawks-Nets game. I was uh, disgusted by what I had seen. And so this was me. So what Brian has in front of him is a Google Doc that I sketched <coughs> out at 11.30 p.m. What was this that is a lot been? of words, actually. This is You, you did some work here. Buddy. Yeah, that was Friday night? Was the Yeah, it would have been the Friday night Hawks game because – I was just so furious with what had just happened on the basketball court. This is a the Nets are a team that is aiming for the playoffs. The you know we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago after Kyrie Irving's definitive, "Hey, I'm getting shoulder surgery. I'm done for the year." And there were two paths laid out in front of the Nets. It was to continue to compete for the playoffs at maximum strength, meaning not playing Karutz, uh, Theo Pinson, Musa, Nick Claxton. Okay, and then there's another path which is develop the young guys. Yeah, you're still trying to win games, but you're really trying to develop the young guys. And if you're developing them, you're not maximizing your ability to win games. And the Nets have definitively chosen the let's make the playoffs path, the path that I agree with. But they have an embarrassing performance against the Hawks. They lose these close games against, you know, the Wiz and Heat. So we're now sitting here and the Wizards are a scant four games behind the Brooklyn Nets. Four games is decent. I think the Wizards have the fifth hardest schedule in the NBA remaining this season. The The Nets have the 10th hardest schedule. Not a tremendous amount of uh, win percentage between the two, even though 5 and 10 is, is is a decent gap. What I wanted to lay out here, and you know, for everyone to sort of understand is what, what's happening, is that if the Nets tank their way to the playoffs, the ripple effects of all this. The, the Gwyneth Paltrow sliding glass door moment. Did you ever see that movie, Sliding Doors? I, I missed that one, actually. I, I remember watching it. It must have been I, one of my brother's sisters brought it home from Blockbuster for some reason. Okay. And I I don't, I'm I not even it, aware of this. I don't even know. Sliding door. I think it's called Sliding Doors. And it's basically with Paltrow. The sliding door is, is a tube train in London. I think it's in London where she either gets on the train and this is her life after she gets on the train. And then there another scenario where she misses the train. And then her uh, life goes a different direction. Wow. And then the movie does both realities at the same time. And in the end, probably someone dies, but I really don't remember. <laughs> but every movie, yeah. someone dies, right? That's that's a good movie. Star Wars, someone died. Good movie. Anyways. Um, Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss... Did someone die? I never saw that. The uh, I just watched it last <laughs> week again. <laughs> Is that Adele, a good movie? Think, Is that recommended? Ardell. Um Oh, great. Top. Really oh. good. Really re- strong recommend. Uh, strong recommend. Okay. Five stars. Why don't we need them? Five stars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, we have to read iTunes. While I'm talking, why don't you grab a, a pull up an oh, iTunes okay. one just to have while we're discussing all this. Okay. So the big question, the reason why everyone wants the Nets to tank is the obvious one that most people know, If you're particularly if you're listening to this podcast, 
if the Nets miss the playoffs, they get their own first round pick back. Okay, that would be a big deal. The Nets would have the Sixers pick, which looks better and better every day as injuries begin to mount for the Philadelphia 76ers. But the 76ers have a good enough record where they are not going to miss the playoffs. That Sixers pick is coming to the Brooklyn Nets, and it may be about 20, right? It could be 22, it could be 18, but it it's going to be around 20. And that's going to end up being a better pick than what they traded last year, whichever, which was to the Clippers and everything kind of moved around. If the Nets get their own pick, it could be in the top nine. That's what the Wizards are, I think, right now slotted at the ninth pick or the tenth pick or so. And it's hard to kind of figure out because if the Nets lose enough games to actually get out of the playoffs, to actually tank their way out of the playoffs, they may not really end up being the ninth pick. But let's say they are because that's where the Wizards are. They would they would have at least a 20 percent chance of getting into the top four picks via the lottery. As we all know, the lottery redid the odds. And I just want to rem- let everyone remember, the first year that we had these new odds, you had the Lakers, who were in the 11th slot, moved up to four. You had the Grizzlies in the 8th slot that moved up to two, and the Pelicans in the 7th slot that moved up to one overall. Obviously, that's not going to happen every year, but that is sort of the math that you need to know about if you are pro-tanker. Right? It is kind of interesting that, like, they so they changed that to affect the... Um, the fact that like people were trying to be as bad as possible, and then like they were worried about incentivizing that. But now, what you're incentivizing is to just miss the playoffs. That's really right. It's a strong incentive. Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange thing because basically it's like what the NBA did was they shifted the the desires for teams to be as bad as possible, like you said. But now it's just like just be bad. You can just be bad and then win like three more games a year than you normally would have, and you may be rewarded with the number one overall pick. I like it, but. That's what the Nets are dealing with. So the Nets would have two first-round picks to play with and either to actually use as draft picks or to use in a trade. And, of course, the Nets may not actually sneak up into the top four, but that is in play, where if they make the playoffs, that is not in play. So the positives are you get added trade ammo, and you get this this chance that you wouldn't have otherwise to move up and to have a really impactful pick, like we saw that the Lakers had, if the Lakers didn't get number four overall, they may not actually have gotten Anthony Davis this year. Four overall meant something to the Pelicans, and that's why the Pelicans decided to pull the trigger. Not just because the Lakers were persistent, right? They they, they say this seismic thing, and they end up with Anthony Davis. And the Nets could be in the same situation, where they have the 10th overall pick that gets moved up to four, and then that fourth overall pick, plus the Sixers pick, plus two more first-round picks, and then... Whoever else you want to throw into the trade, Lavert, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, whoever, that's a really attractive package as opposed to one first round pick this year and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So the negatives, though, are pretty obvious, right? Uh, they miss the playoffs. You have bad vibes. Um, this this franchise's whole momentum since John Marks has been the GM has been about competing. That's partly because tanking never made any sense because of the Boston trade. There was no reason to tank. There was no reason to bottom out. So it was always about forward momentum, getting better incrementally. And if you take a step back, it would be the first step back in the Sean Marks regime. It wouldn't feel all that great. Um, And if the Nets don't make the playoffs, you likely do diminish the value of Dinwiddie and Levert a little bit. Not by much, but if Levert leads the team in the playoffs and then plays well in the first round, that's a great showcase for his talent if you want to trade him. Or Dinwiddie, same situation. If you don't make the playoffs, there's a little bit of a stink 
on both of those guys. I'll say, though, that like in the paradigm of we're having superstar players come back who are ostensibly saviors of the franchise, it doesn't hurt to have the, the, the Nets kind of limp out of the playoffs in, in, for that kind of narrative to play out a little bit more brightly, you know? What's that? That like, um, well, for all those people that are, are, you know, the Nets are better without Kyrie people, um, and Kyrie can feel come back next year <laughs> and and know that he is um, sort of the savior of the franchise that he probably perceives himself to be. His head is held high, and right, yeah. and and unfortunately, we're in like I'm saying this new paradigm of like basically placating the giant egos of superstar NBA players, which is what you need to do to be at the highest levels of of the league. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a small silver lining. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, and to kind of dive into the whole teams are better without Kyrie than they are with him, Cleveland, 100% not the case. Like, the Cleveland would have been better with Kyrie in that final LeBron season than if they didn't have him. Boston, the Boston situation, we're now seeing how talented Boston – I mean, I think everyone should have known how talented Boston is with Tatum and Brown and Gordon Hayward back and now with Kemba Walker. But, like – we're now seeing Tatum arise to the superstar level. So he always had that talent. And when Kyrie wasn't playing with the Celtics, it was be- and the Celtics still had a way better team than the Nets have right now. And yeah, the Nets played well without Kyrie for most of the season, but there was a there was always a limit to someone who was actually watching the Nets as opposed to someone who was just like um I don't want to name names, but Ryan Rosillo who was just sort of just like saying a whole bunch of crap about the Brooklyn Nets and just espousing thoughts about Spencer Dinwiddie not like wanting to play with Kyrie Irving when it was kind of sh- the opposite was true. But anyways, um, oh, shots fired. Shots fired. I know what you mean. Yeah, so there is a positive to missing the playoffs in that narrative sense of that mm-hmm. like... I always just think in narratives, you know? Yeah. That's, that, that's how I'm really thinking. So, you think in headlines, I think in narratives. Great. Yeah. So the negatives of missing the playoffs, you miss the playoffs. There's bad vibes kind of around the team. Not horrible, but but there there's a, a feeling of we, we didn't accomplish what we wanted to this year. We got these two – we got the two best free agents that we've ever gotten in our whole franchise's tenure, and the team wasn't good enough without them to make the playoffs. So really how good are they going to be with them? That's maybe a sub-narrative that would happen. There's a little maybe potential diminished value for Levert and Dinwiddie, though I, I don't really believe even what I say, but it's possible. And then there's a diminished appeal of the Nets themselves because there's going to be a hot sort of veteran minimum free agent market with the Lakers playing really well or it could be the Clippers who win the championship or if Milwaukee wins a championship and everyone wants to hop on the Giannis bus for one season at least while he plays in Milwaukee for at least one more season. Uh, the Nets, by not even making the playoffs, those veteran minimum free agents aren't really going to be looking with Katie and Kyrie. But again, Katie and Kyrie are such ap- appealing players to play with that I don't think it's actually true. Okay, so that's a negative. Also, byproduct of not making the playoffs, though, is I think, and you disagree or agree with this on this one, more pressure on Kenny Atkinson? Do you think there's more pressure if he can't get this team in the playoffs? If the team, who is now four up on the Wizards, if they li- if the Wizards somehow catch them and the Nets get knocked out of the playoffs— would there be more pressure on Kenny Atkinson? Um, that's a good question, and I actually think that like there is there is a, at least a fan backlash towards Kenny Atkinson that's been long brewing, but um, less about like the actual record at the end of the day, um, and more about like the way in which they are losing these games um, seems to be sort of poking holes in the 
um, facade of, of Kenny Atkinson's genius. Um, it's not a facade. There's some there's some genius there. Um, but yeah, so I think that the, like that's the thing that I'm sort of more curious about or, or or cautious of. I guess you know I don't know that anyone expects them to go like you know 15 and eight and finish over 500 or something less. You know the remainder of the season. Um, and so I think like <clears throat> a certain amount of like losses are expected. Um, but the way that they're losing feels bad. It feels bad, man. Dot JPEG. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it would feel bad if they did not make the playoffs. It would, it would definitely feel bad. Yeah. So, like, and in that sense, like, you're sort of building on – you're starting to build some some bad juju that, that could chase you into next year. So there is some, like, real, like, legitimate risk there. And I think if they don't make the playoffs, they're not firing Kenny Atkinson at all. And I, I do believe that his relationship with Kyrie – developed to a pretty good point by the end of the year. Obviously, I don't know this, but just I think Kenny is the type is is doing the right things to to um, pull himself into someone like Kyrie. Kyrie doesn't want someone who's going to stab him in the back and going to say negative comments about him in the press, even veiled comments. Kyrie wouldn't respond to that positively. And Atkinson has done a tremendous job of really like any question thrown his way, even after really bad losses, he really tries to grapple with it and understand it and not accept the negativity, but also say like, yeah, you, I mean, you may be right. Like we could have done better in this end of game possession, but it's really tough out there. Miami's a really good team. Kenny's very gifted at kind yeah. of turning that around. And I think that responds well with Kyrie. His, his um like one of his saving graces for PR purposes is that he like legitimately seems anguished by losses <laughs> like and uh that goes a long way for for like if you're like like remember like Lionel Hollins would just be like <laughs> you know, like oh so we lost fuck you yeah <laughs> you know? that was his whole um, that was his whole yeah. attitude the entire yeah. time so um yeah so Kenny's like got got that on lock and it seems very sincere like it's not it's not performative or anything um yeah so that's helpful but not making the playoffs leads to like, hey, Kenny Atkinson maybe isn't the super coach. And then at the beginning of next season, if let's say even with KD and Kyrie, the team started off like 500, like wasn't awesome out of the bat, I think there would be more pressure that would be building. And the previous pressure that had existed from this past season would just be a layer from which the next season would be floating on top of. If this is a helium balloon, I guess um, it wouldn't pop, but it would get larger. It would nice. It would engorge, engorge. Um. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, become engorged. Yep, that's it. That's it. Um. Okay. So those are sort of the things I'm thinking about, and then I have a whole back end to this, which I, which we can kind of dive into. I'll say it lightly because I think we're gonna hit this a million times over. Well, one, there's one big question in the middle of all this: is <laughs> does KD come back this season? <laughs> and I just want to say he changed his uh, Instagram profile pic. It was Sophie Turner. As Dark Phoenix, Phoenix, maybe not Dark Phoenix, but as Phoenix, uh, obviously the symbolism rising from the ashes. Now it's him in, I've been told, his 2K, uh, like when you play 2K, it's him at the beginning of the game staring at the camera before like the game tips off. I guess he, his avatar does something. Mm-hmm. And that's his new Instagram profile picture. One person on Twitter, when I had put this out, because I, I like to hive mind this as much as I can. One person said it's him basically saying he's getting ready to play basketball. And we had previously had the first take discussion from Stephen A. Smith. Jay Williams said this one thing within this larger discussion. Jay Williams, if you don't know, 
is as inside the world of KD and Rich Kleiman as any media member. He he works for them in the boardroom series. Jay was really on top of during the last NBA Finals. He was in basically the inner circle describing on ESPN what KD was going through when he came back, trying to come back healthy in the NBA Finals. This is what Jay Williams had to say today, of all days, when sort of talking about what he's been seeing from uh, KD's recovery. The Olympics are in July, mm-hmm. five months from now. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him work out? I've seen video of him work out. It's pretty damn impressive with where he's at. That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not much. I, I kind of built it up. But but uh, Jay Williams, a, a man himself who, who had worked extremely hard to come back from an injury, not the same injury, but from an injury, <laughs> Um, is impressed by what he's seen from Kevin Durant. I'm sure he's also seen in person some of what Kevin Durant is doing, and I'm sure he has some sense of maybe what Katie's doing. So let's not all give up hope that uh, the Nets may actually, in fact, get Katie back this season. Just saying. Oh, wow. Wow. I, the guy The guy is no. hey, he's going to be healthy, okay? He's going to be healthy at some point. It's just the decision of, do the are the Nets going to play good well like well enough or good enough? I don't know what the proper grammatical sentence is. Well, well enough. Well enough to make it worthy for him to come back. Like, is there value in having him play for three weeks and then play against the Bucks where they get probably destroyed, even with Kevin Durant? I don't think so. And my even my heart of KD hearts, I, it's not really worth it. But if the guy wants to play basketball, he can play basketball. So I'm sorry. Um, I see that there's so much more into this uh, doc here, but here's the thing. I don't want to give up all of your goods yeah. in one episode, you know? Yeah. Like, we, we should parse this out a bit, because let me tell you, we'll probably be talking about this again later this week, unfortunately. So just um, so you, yeah, yeah, for everyone who doesn't know, the rest of this doc, which we will not share, but I'm teasing what is going to be happening, is the type of trade packages the Nets could put together particularly if they do end up getting back their own first-round pick and the guys they may be targeting. And I think the list of guys that could be targeted is larger than even what is being discussed on Twitters. Okay, I think there's I think there's more players that could be involved that the Nets could be targeting. Just from recent NBA history, where we've seen guys like Russell Westbrook get traded, guys that you, Paul George, you didn't think was going to get traded this quickly, I think the list of guys that could be available, could be had, could be discontented, uh, is larger than just the typical names, which is like Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's the list, but I think it's way bigger than that. So there you go. Um, do you think we should make a special drop for like, you know, at the end of any episode where we talk about this kind of stuff, we'll just like, you know, play a drop. And um, so people will know that we're doing this recurring segment of, you know, going into next season. <laughs> yeah, we could. I mean, I have this one. Rich Clement, stop it! <laughs> but I, I think I think we need we need a better one. Rich Clement, stop it! That'll definitely be part of it. I think. So that's it. That's our pod. Do we want to shout out? Just let's do a quick. Do you have an iTunes five stars? Oh yeah, Treboy, um, K McPherson four. Consistency is key. Says so five stars. Got to give it to these guys. This is the best Nets podcast out. I started with I started a Nets podcast this year and did research on <laughs> every Brooklyn Nets pod I could find. Um, there's not too many, but the glue guys win this consistently. They consistently deliver episodes with high quality audio. They're knowledgeable, funny, and leading the way for our fan base in this space. I know how important ratings and reviews are, so I'm glad I could help keep it up. Fellas, 
See you soon. Keith McPherson at Talking Nets at John Boy Medium. Hashtag we go hard. So check out your boy Keith McPherson's podcast at Talking Nets while you're at it. If you like Nets podcasts, because he leaves dank reviews and he's a super nice dude yeah. for doing that. We have to reciprocate, and uh, that's very sweet of him. To we do pass. So. A, we pay it forward, Mike. That's the that's the karmic universe we operate in. By the way, it is uh, Doctor Seuss Day, and I can't believe we didn't do a killer comparison of Doctor Seuss and. Wow, how did, you, how did we drop the ball on that? Um, I don't even know where time. to begin. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. Chris Paul though is the character in Green Eggs and Ham that continually asks the other guy if he likes Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> <laughs> so just so we all know, that's Chris Paul. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, you did it. So uh, we did the color comparison. Thank you um, all for listening. Yeah. We'll be in your ears uh, another time this week, probably after the Boston. And I think there's another game after Boston back to back. Grizzlies at home. Oof. Um, uh, let's go Nets. Uh, wow, may- Mike, maybe come Tank. On. And, come on, Mike. Um, Fired up, baby. Come on. Back to back wins. Woo. Suck on this, Boston. We're coming for you. And then Kevin Durant comes back. So thank we you. We go hard. That was like, <laughs> trying to do the we go hard. Anyways, thanks guys. Bye. Yeah, boy. Sick. Brian.